When I woke up to record yesterday morning, I was excited. I was amped up. I knew what I wanted to say. And it was going to be an episode all about my big confession last week to my therapist. My big confession to my therapist last week was that I have a serious peanut M&M addiction. And of course, it's much deeper than that. And the funny thing is, the whole premise of the episode was going to be about how, even though it sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous, that that's actually a real problem. It's leading to like real shit. And as I mentioned in the podcast about naked pickleball, I've got this huge goal. I want to be fit when I enter the year 50. I announced it to the universe here on this podcast that I'm going to skate naked. So I need to be in great shape. And that is a lofty goal. But I know it's achievable and I'm going to do it. But this M&M addiction was kind of kicking my butt and I need to get it under wraps. And when I went in to discuss this, I was embarrassed and I, I took it very lightly. And I thought he'd think it was funny too. But then we discussed the fact that sugar is like an addiction. Now he specializes in addiction issues. And when he said that, I felt like a horrible person. But as I was trying to kind of put this out there as I was trying to put this into words yesterday I was struggling and I just kept going off on all these different tangents and how M&Ms are delicious and how I don't really have this problem but yes I do have this problem and it's a struggle and then I just said stop it revisit it tomorrow and when I do that I get a little nervous because I know that something's going to happen throughout that day where it's going to be a new story or I'm going to have to creatively navigate some new challenge and that's why I didn't get the episode done or get my recording finished off. And sure enough, yesterday proved that thought to be true once again. I'm Nikki Lynchase and this is my podcast, Adult Chicken, and it's about navigating life's unexpected. These are my stories. This is my journey about being a single mom to two special needs kids. With the admitting I have an a peanut M&M addiction with this lofty goal of skating, skateboarding naked when I turn 50 for my 50th birthday party. I've put the pressure on and I've been really hard on myself, especially after kind of knowing I wanted to go into my 50th year of life being fit and feeling great and knowing that that was a goal and having come off that cruise in, in August and just having packed on the pounds and in September sort of saying, I'm going to get on this fitness regimen. I'm going to do this. And I made some headway and then the November came and I tend to do this thing called the fuck it grand finale. And what that is, is every day I start out pretty good. And then more recently in the last couple months, it's been the peanut M&Ms. I'll add those to my healthy trail mix. And then I'm picking out the peanut M&Ms and leaving the healthy part of the trail mix behind. And then all of a sudden I'm like, we just essentially ate a bag of peanut M&Ms, so fuck it, make today a grand finale. And then it's, you eat whatever you want. So then I've literally binged eaten the entire day waiting to start over tomorrow. And then it's a vicious cycle because the next day it starts again. Now, weight just, it's always been on my mind. I, it, when I was young, I was very, very thin, and I'd like to have that problem now. I'd like to be called the names I was being called in high school, but when I was in high school, I didn't like those names. I didn't like how thin I was. People have always been very comfortable with telling me 
what they think of my weight in a nasty, mean way. When I was in high school, I had so many nicknames. Actually, my entire childhood growing up through high school, so many names. And my dad was particularly hard on me my entire life about my weight. And then when I went away to college, the first semester, I ended up in San Diego. And my God, I didn't just gain a freshman 15, I gained a freshman 20. But that put me on the other side of the fence of not being too skinny anymore. And then I was just normal. So I wasn't hearing mean comments about being too skinny. And when I came home, it was it was pointed out by everybody I knew that I put on, packed on the pounds. And that's when enter the snack well era is what I call that. Snack well was, I don't know if they still exist. They might. And I apologize, snack well. But we got into, that was the fat-free dieting craze where it didn't matter what you ate. It didn't matter how much sugar, how many carbohydrates you had. If it was fat-free, pile it on. I'd literally... I'd say, so this is about going into my second semester of college. I'd eat entire trays or whatever of the Snackwell cookies because they were fat-free. <laughs> I can't even imagine how much processed, chemical-ridden shit is in those cookies, but I'd eat the entire thing of them, but it was fat-free, so it was fine. I'd eat a half a dozen of bagels. I'd put fat-free butter, which was fake butter. It wasn't even like close to the consistency of margarine. So I don't even know what was in that stuff, but it could not have been good for you. Not remotely. I fear what that did to my insides. And that's what we ate. Somehow the metabolism was still working and it was okay, but that was that craze. Then there was this place called the Diet Center. I remember joining that, I think, once I was through college. But during that time, I was never happy with my weight. Even though I was a very thin person, I was never happy. I was always self-conscious of it because no matter what, inevitably, when I'd go home, all of my brother's friends, all of my the people that knew my parents loved to tease me about my weight. And I don't know if it was the assumption that I must have been comfortable, but people always had something to say. And I'm like, what happened to the people that just were polite? And just kind of maybe didn't mention that you look like you've gained some weight. They were polite to everybody else I knew. I'm Come on. People were just eager to tell me I didn't look good or I look too thin or I look too fat. So I think my entire young adulthood or the, the years, uh, the, the formidable years, I was very confused and it got to me and I think I came off as that person that was never affected. So it was almost more fun to try to take me down. I I genuinely don't understand it to this day why people were so freaking mean about my weight. So there I am on every diet imaginable, which means I'm not on any diet at all. I'm just eating whatever the fuck I want and giving myself the excuse. And all of a sudden it catches up to me. So last week, I go to my therapist and I freak out and say, here I am confessing to you right now, I've got a peanut M&M addiction and I know it's my weakness and I know I shouldn't buy them. I shouldn't eat the first one and I need to quit and I need you to help me stop. So I have a lot of work to do, but I just couldn't get it out in words yesterday. And then the day went on. And so as soon as I didn't finish up recording, I took myself for a run. 
and I'm supposed to stay, I've got this Apple Watch, I'm supposed to stay in zone two, and it went to zone 900, I don't know, it went to the red zone, where I think it was about to set off an alarm that I was going to have a heart attack. So then I was all stressed out about that. But I was feeling it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm working out so hard. Like, I'm really going to do this. And I was feeling really cool, collective, and comfortable with my journey to my birthday and to my goals and setting them. And I thought, you dialed in the M&M thing. You, you, you confessed first thing in any addict's um, process, right, is get out of denial. Get out of the state of denial. M&M's you got a problem. <laughs> you admitted it. You admitted you've got a problem. Now you're exercising. Okay, you're going to get it. My therapist put me on to this great place for salads. I got my salad. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could eat this several times a week. This is perfect. And so I go for my run and I get home and I had a doctor's appointment. It was just a follow-up doctor's appointment. Now this is with the doctor I call Dirty Doctor. I do not like this doctor's office. And the problem is he's got a tough act to follow. I inherited this doctor because my favorite doctor retired. And I think probably anybody who ever sees doctors can relate to this, the referral. It's a full-time job. So my main thing was I wanted to keep my specialists. This is the default doctor who needs to refer me to my specialists. So I inherited this particular doctor. And it's not a place I'm comfortable going. Full disclosure, it's located right near a mental hospital. And I not only attract unwanted and unsolicited uh, advice or comments about my weight, but I also attract very odd uh, characters, very colorful characters of the universe. And I don't mind that so much, but when I'm going to the doctor and I'm already uncomfortable and I have, I absolutely suffer from white coat syndrome and I, my anxiety, my blood pressure typically goes way up. I start having an anxiety attack. I panic. I do not like to go to the doctors. I'm always fearful of the news that is going to be delivered and I just don't like it. And the, the place where it is just doesn't make me overly comfortable. And one of the first few times I went there, there was this sweet older lady. And she was a little odd. And she and this is before I knew that the mental hospital was next door. She had these great big green headphones. Now my kids both being special needs, I have to say I've gotten accustomed to seeing people. And when they were riding the bus and Bootsy was going to high school, they were adult kids with headphones. So I guess that didn't really stick out to me as something sort of odd and weird. And hers were neon green and she had leg warmers on, which might have been a, another indication. But I thought, what a trendy, cute little grandma. And she was really complimenting. Okay, full disclosure. She was complimenting me on my running legs. She asked if I was a runner. At the time, that was before I, long before I'd broken my, my ankle and I was running. So I thought we were talking about running. And we were talking about running, but then she really wanted to be best friends. I started getting that really uncomfortable feeling of, I got to get out of this conversation. Like this has gone way too far. And now she's asking for my phone number and I got really uncomfortable and nervous. And then I had to go see the dirty doctor and I gave her my number. And that was a whole other therapy session because I had to discuss boundaries. She was adorable, but I'm not certain she didn't just get let loose out of the, the mental hospital and was next door, maybe looking for a new home. I'm not real certain. So I had to go yesterday. And 
the anxiety. You know, my heart rate is already up from hitting the red for my exercise, and I'm already nervous that I'm giving myself a heart attack. The the white coat syndrome is setting in. I'm nervous I'm going to see my, my mental hospital friend. I'm just all kinds of uncomfortable, but I just want to get it over with. And the first thing, they want to do the weight check. Turn myself around when it's weigh-in time, and I have to go sit in the room. I just want it over with. I'm making small talk with the nurse and I don't remember her. It's still the mask thing. I don't recognize people. I'm just like, please just send in dirty doctor. Let me get out of here. Please just let me get out of here. And here comes dirty doctor. And he always brings, I'm assuming a resident. There's always like a sidekick with them. And it's always awkward and uncomfortable because you get the different personalities of they might be really new at their job and this one called me miss <laughs> i was like oh jesus <laughs> miss although it was better than ma'am thank god the guy didn't call me ma'am but i've entered the new era of doctors are a lot younger than me except for dirty doctor he's definitely older but he comes in he says oh packed on a few pounds and i'm like yes yeah and in my head, I'm like, motherfucker, I don't look at the scale. You don't know. I, I've got a vest on. I've got a sweatshirt. I've got my shoes. And they're high tops. So that's got to be a few extra pounds. And you just let me know I gained a few pounds. And then he didn't stop there. Did this happen over the holidays? I said, probably, yes. I didn't mention that I was having the uh, grand finales every day for the last few months. But I was mortified. I was devastated. I wanted to throat punch the guy. I was pissed. I couldn't believe this guy had the audacity to, first of all, tell me I'd gained weight. And why do you care? Why does it matter? I am just here for a little checkup. We don't need to go over my weight. And I don't know what my weight says because I was turned the opposite direction. I purposely did not want to hear or see the truth. And basically, at the end of the day, this guy was just telling me what I already knew. And I didn't want to hear it because I felt like I'd made progress the last week just in my headspace with this weight thing. And it didn't sit well with me. And we got through the appointment. That was basically it. it this, that, and the other thing. Cardiologist, da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, cool. I left. I got in the car. And my kids are making jokes. I mean, they know my feelings. They know I'm nervous about seeing the lady with the headphones. And I'm, I'm, I just need a, a second here. And I had to process the fact that the doctor just told me what I heard as you're fat. What happened? You got fat since I saw you last. It's not what he said. He said, you've put on a few pounds. And did you do it over the holidays? But I heard, wow, you are fat. And I almost burst out crying. And I said, oh my God. And I was supposed to go work out. And I just sat there and I thought, I don't want to work out. Again, I didn't see my weight, but I know it's a lot more than I would like it to be. But I was livid and I was hurt and I was sad and I was bummed out and I was deflated, defeated, all of the things that I did not want to feel. And I thought, oh my gosh, you need to turn this around because this could be really bad because Honestly, when I got home, I have still a bag of my peanut M&Ms left over. And I had that feeling, you know, kind of that imagery of me pouring them 
<laughs> to not a shot class, but my little containers I like to eat my trail mix out of. But not put the trail, not put a few nuts or almonds in there. Just the peanut M&Ms, kind of like pouring a shot. After you've had a really bad day and you're just giving up on the world and saying, pour me a shot, bartender. And I said, no, do not get the fucking peanut M&Ms out. Do not let those beat you. You get your butt to the gym and you work out. And as soon as I got to the gym, and I hate working. I hate going to the gym. I like running. I get a runner's high. I like it. I hate gyms. I've always hated gyms. But I went to the gym. And I've been going to the gym. And I'm trying to say maybe it's muscle. <laughs> maybe I've gained a bunch of muscle in the last two weeks. I have a feeling it's not muscle. But I said, you are going to work out. And I got the medicine ball out. And I started tossing that thing. And I started picturing Dirty Doctor's face on that medicine ball. And I was working out hard. And I was pushing myself. And I was being pushed. This There's a trainer at the gym. And he was like, yeah, go, Nikki. And then I held a minute and a half plank. And everything, I said, you turn this around. You use this as the fuel, as you have had to do your entire life, where everybody has told you. You're not worthy of this, that, or the other thing. You're not going to do it. You're not going to make it. And you've thrived all those odds. You've defied all those odds. And you have given the middle finger to every one of the people, mostly my parents, who have said, you're never going to do anything with your life. And I thought, okay, dirty doctor, now it's on. You are the fuel for my fire. <laughs> you just, I am going to do Every squat is going to be not for you, but to prove to myself that I am way more than you just made me feel like I was when I left your office. And so with that said, I probably had one of the best workouts of my entire life. And I thought, oh my gosh, yet again, the way that it all worked out, that then all of a sudden, that was my my life lesson. Because I, I said, you can do one of two things with the way that doctor's appointment went, with him telling you, you've gained weight in his sarcastic, weird tone. But instead of turning it into a pound bag, fuck it, grand finale day, I turned it into fuel for the fire. And that made me feel really good. And it absolutely was a lesson. You turned a really shitty morning into something great and as much as it was also a shitty night at the skate park it was a weird vibe i had gotten run into and gone splat on the ground i mean not splat thump rolled <laughs> i got rolled at the park at the skate park last night and it hurt and then sandler was tirelessly attempting to do this trick and then he was he left in tears because he didn't land the trick and he's so hard on himself and I thought, oh my gosh, but watching his persistence and watching his protectiveness when I did get run into at the skate park, it was all this amazing life lesson. Yesterday was an incredible day. It was awful. The whole day sucked. I hated it. I was ridden with anxiety. The incident, I was told I was fat in not so many words. And I beat myself up all day and then gotten beat up at the park when the kid rolled in and knocked me out 
practically knocked me out. That's being a little dramatic. No, I probably do have a small hematoma on my hip. And I thought, my God, what a shitty day, but so many lessons learned. And for both Sandler and I, who are so hard on ourselves, the apple did not fall too far from the tree on that one. And he just came out of that park saying, I didn't like that day. And I said, you know, it wasn't my favorite. It is not a top 10 favorite, but I feel like we did a pretty good job and there were some lessons to be learned. And he said, yep. It's why we fall down and get back up. And that's not a new saying. We've been saying that for years. As soon as he started skateboarding, that was the saying. Instead of reacting to when he fell, it was, oh, everybody falls down, just get back up. And truth be told, when he said it yesterday, it had a very broader, more meaningful sound to it because I was applying that to my whole experience at the doctor. I could have gone home. I could have opened that bag of M&Ms and just given up and said, fuck it. The doctor called me fat. Again, he didn't. He just said I'd gained weight and he's not wrong. But instead, I used that as the fuel. And that made me feel like I have progressed with the help of my therapist because I have been in such a different place. I am much faster to get over things that people say that aren't kind and aren't nice. And I think watching my kids evolve and progress and get older and watch them and how they handle things and watch how they change and just do better and do better with what is sort of given out in the world, it made me really happy. And again, I feel like we conquered creatively navigating a few new hurdles in our day. So today's special edition, I am going to share a positive. You know, they say it takes many positives, a gazillion, I think, as a matter of fact, to delete one negative. And I think it's ridiculous psychology, only I live it. I will hone in on that one negative. I don't even know the doctor. He doesn't know me. I started going to see him shortly after COVID. So essentially we've been masked up for all this time and I see him for very short increments of time. Yet that one comment that I packed on the pounds or I put a few pounds on, which is probably closer to what he actually said, drove me nuts and it put me it put me into a little bit of a tailspin for an entire day and the truth is it doesn't matter what he said doesn't matter i've even gone to therapy for this many a time and asked why does it take me down when somebody says something negative when i've got all this positive stuff going on i've got my kids i've got a son who on the daily tells me what a great job I'm doing as a mom. I've got a daughter who tells me on the daily I'm beautiful and they don't know anything about weight. They don't care. They live in this beautiful space. So I I reread this interview and it just came out. uh, I did it December 3rd and it came out either the end of last week or the beginning of this week. I, I let that weight comment really get in my way and I don't even remember what week this came out, but it's a wonderful project highlighting the people of our community called the Faces of Newport Beach. And the the person who is launching this is Wendy Maddox, who actually knows me. <laughs> Unlike Dirty Doctor, Wendy actually knows me. And I felt extremely honored to be asked to be part of this project, especially by somebody I knew. And I thought, reread this interview. Reread what you're thankful for. Reread what this community means to you. Reread this interview and remind yourself those few extra pounds 
they're deletable, just as Dirty Doctor's comment is deletable. Remind yourself of the positives. So here it goes. This is the Faces of Newport Beach Adult Chicken Podcast. I'm a 49-year-old skateboarding single mother of Bootsy and Sandler Chase, the only two people to date documented with their diagnosis of an unbalanced translocation of chromosomes 2 and 8. Raising two special needs children and having an extremely exciting life has led me on the journey of hosting my own podcast, Adult Chicken. Every week, I share my unfiltered, honest, and hilarious adventures and stories, including navigating life's unexpected and air my dirty laundry. Question. Please tell us a little bit about your family. Myself, Nikki, 49, skateboarding mom of Bootsy, who's 19, and dog mom to Kevin. And Sandler, who is 15 and lives, eats, and breathes skateboarding. Question. Please tell us about your current past or future career. What do you love most about what you do? I was a creative director in Vail, Colorado, before and when Sandler was born. Sandler has serious health issues, and when he was an infant, he wasn't expected to live. I packed three duffel bags, two kids, and we left in the middle of the night. Sandler started thriving, and for the last 14 years, my job has been to keep both my special needs children thriving and beating the odds. After COVID, I also became their teacher as they never returned to public school. Question. What are a couple of your favorite restaurants in our community? El Matador, Mama D's, The Chicken Coop, and Mutt Lynch's. Question. How long have you lived or worked in our community? Almost 13 years. Question. Who is the most interesting person you've met here in our community? That's a tough choice with all the teachers we have come to know and love, but I would have to say Brandy Richardson little bit of information. Miss Brandy is one of Sandler's all-time favorite teachers in the universe. We just have a very special relationship with Miss Brandy. Not to mention we get to see her at the grocery store all the time. So that's the only way and the only thing that tempts my children. That in, in cereal aisle tempts my children into going grocery shopping with me. Question. What is one of your favorite movies or TV shows? Elf and any Adam Sandler movie. After all, my son is named Sandler for a reason. Question, what advice would you give to people? Follow Sandler's advice and wake up saying, today is going to be the best day of my life. Question, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be and why? Napili Bay, Maui, Hawaii. We'd never been until it was suggested while Sandler was having cranial facial reconstructive surgery. It exceeded my idea of a happy place and is our happy place away from home. Question, if you could choose anyone that is alive today and not a relative with whom you would love to have lunch, why and where locally would y'all meet for this lunch? Adam Sandler or Tony Hawk, anywhere they'd want to have lunch. Question, what is your favorite thing or something unique about our community? The village and family it has given us. I've lived in several states and many towns, and I've never in my entire life felt so supported and connected by more wonderful humans. The three of us literally have no family, but feel richer in love and support than I have ever imagined possible. Question, where do you see yourself in five years? I hope to live in the exact same home with my kids as they thrive, skateboard, share my shenanigans on adult chicken, and visit with our Newport Beach village. Question, even for friends or family, what is something interesting that most people don't know about you? Well, I've told most of my secrets to the universe on and through the podcast, but I don't think a lot of people know about my dreams and aspirations of one day buying a van and touring the country to public speak and share a story with the universe. Also stopping by all the skate parks along the way and returning home at the end of each tour with a newfound appreciation for home.
Question, what would you rate a 10? What would you rate a 10 out of 10? Our quality of life here with this community. We showed up in Newport with no money, food stamps, and state assistance. Lived in a studio without a car for six years. And no matter what we have gone through and gone without, the community has made each and every day a 10 out of 10. Who inspires you to be better? Bootsy and Sandler. Finally, what three words or phrases come to mind when you think of the word home? Newport Beach. Please tune in next week for an episode all about our adventures to the mountains this week. Holy moly. I had no idea, and I've always made fun of how ridiculous it is that people consider sledding dangerous. (laughs) My back, my arm, and my cabeza say otherwise. Please like, follow, share, subscribe. Please, please, please subscribe. Please, please, please share. Please, please, please like. You can find me at adultchicken.com. You can also find me on YouTube at Adult Chicken, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Adult Chicken, and also Instagram, adult underscore chicken. <laughs>